welcome to Being Mom, a podcast about modern motherhood. I'm your host, Ali Kozel. This is where we have honest conversations about the mind-blowing transition to motherhood, nurturing our families, and the beautiful roller coaster ride of being a mom. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Guess what? My son turned eight over the weekend, and we had such a fun time celebrating. He was super jazzed about his birthday this year. He seems to be getting excited about the idea of growing older, which is really interesting because I, of course, feel like, no, (laughs) Um, I think because I actually found seven to be my favorite age so far. And I have no doubt that eight will also be wonderful. I, I, I do believe that. But his birthday, more than any other day of the year, really gets me thinking about the passage of time and the way that I'm spending my time with him because I know it's not true for every parent. I do. And for me, I really experience each year going faster and faster. And in the grand scheme of things, my time with my son at home feels really limited. And so I've been really thinking about how I'm spending my time with him and what we're doing together and how I'm being around him. And my conversation with this week's guest really brought this up also because she is the mom of three adult children and one child who is nearing adulthood. So for her, the passage of time is very present. So I'm so happy to share my conversation with this week's guest, Nina Rastiri. Nina lives in Connecticut and she's the mom of four children between the ages of 16 and 23. She's also the founder and president of Mom Agenda, which was born out of Nina's experience of trying to organize her chaotic family schedule when her children were young. Mom Agenda makes functional and stylish organizational products for moms, including the original day planner that she created when she launched her business about 13 years ago. Nina explained how she purposefully created her business around her role as a mom And one of the questions that I asked her about that experience sent both of us into a fit of laughter over its absurdity. So you'll have to listen all the way to the end to hear that moment. I loved talking with Nina because she is incredibly genuine and her perspective on motherhood is wise and grounded. We talked about how her motherhood journey has evolved over time. We talked about the ways that she has learned to take care of herself and how she cultivated closeness with her children. Nina also talks very openly about a variety of potent personal topics, including the loss of her mother soon after becoming a mom herself, the choice to create a beautiful blended family after her divorce, what she finds hard about having older children, and even her current dating life. Our conversation started with my learning about her family. So here she is, introducing Nina. I'd love to have you begin by just telling me who makes up your family. So I have an unusual family um, because I, well, I have four children. So Mm -hmm. 
my son Andrew's 23, Jenna's 21, Matthew is 19, and Jamie is 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but my family is also comprised of my ex-husband and mm-hmm. his wife and her two children who are oh. 23 and 20. So, yeah, so all all children in the same age range, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah. We're a big blended awesome. family. Yeah. Do you live nearby one another? Yes, we do. About five that's minutes helpful. away. Yeah. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. How, because your kids are, you know, mostly grown, are any of them living at home? No, 16 years old. The youngest, yes. Yeah, yeah. So how has motherhood evolved for you over time? I talk to a lot of moms who have little kids and I'm just so curious about your journey and like what mother, how motherhood evolves. Um, I have to say, you know, when I was, when I was a mom of younger kids, I would always say with some surprise, cause I, I always liked babies as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I, I loved, mm-hmm. you know, I loved the way they smell and, you know, they're just so delicious and yummy. And I always thought the, the infant phase is going to be my favorite, you know? Mm, yeah. And then as, as I had children, I would always say, you know, what's funny. I like each age better than the last. Oh yeah. And the most amazing thing about motherhood for me is that that has continued mm. even as they become adults, um, as they become more whole and grow into who they are, there are just oh, more yeah. things to enjoy about them. Yeah. So the motherhood journey for me only gets better over time. That's so nice to hear, I think, because, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think any stage has its own challenges and its own gifts. I've certainly found that, you know, my son's almost eight and mm. these years have been some of my favorite. I definitely prefer them to like the toddler years, even though there's things I do love about that. But it's nice to hear that, I think, for moms who have the younger kids and it's so exhausting and you feel like you're so out of control. And I'm curious if there's any point where that shifts. You know, I think it's baby steps. Hmm. So the the first big step for me was when each one went to kindergarten. Yeah. Um, I think the stage you're at right now around eight is when they start really becoming a lot more independent. Um, then there's a period where they where they're a little bit annoying. <laughs> you know? Let's face it. Is that it. like 12, 13? Yeah, I'm yeah, imagining? the middle yeah. school years are a little dicey. The teenage years I think are fantastic because that's oh. when they start to be little adults and um you start to be able to kind of banter with them mm. like friends almost. You yeah. know, you're still the mom and there are still rules and boundaries but Um, they start to have real opinions and lives and, uh, Mm. you start to really be able to enjoy them rather than just take care of them. Oh yeah. That's a big difference. I can imagine that. Mm -hmm. Now that being said, they still need me as much as they did when they were little kids. I mean, Mm -hmm. even my 23 year old, who's 
an adult with his own apartment in New York City, he still needs me. Yeah. Um, which I love. Yeah. How does he need you? What's that feel like? Like what's emotionally, the difference? he needs me mm. emotionally now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny when uh, when my kids were growing up, I had a friend who was a grandma. So I was a stay-at-home mom, and this woman was a grandma who was caring for her grandchildren. So yeah. we were both in the preschool pickup and drop-off circuit. Oh yeah, because um, our kids, the kids were the same age, and she was a mom of eight grown children. The oldest at the time was fifty. Oh wow! And the youngest was maybe thirty. 35. And I said, what's it like being a a mom of eight? And she said, "Um, you know, if I had known how much I was going to worry, I wouldn't have had eight. Oh, wow. Um, She was like, even the one who's 50, the oldest one, she's like, you never stop being a mom. You never stop worrying. and, And that emotional, them needing you emotionally, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. My husband's one of eight kids, and I can see that in his mom, that she still maintains, even though all the kids are over 30, she still holds all of their tumult. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, you hold it. Yes. Yeah. So you have a successful business in Mom Agenda. I do. Which I think that you imagined or created out of like a sense of overwhelm with having four kids. Absolutely. And they were young at the time, right? Yes. So tell me about what prompted this. I got to get more organized. Like, tell me about that time. So the kids at the time were seven, five, three, and one. Mm. I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And um, just like a total hot mess. Mm. I, I missed appointments. I missed doctor's appointments. I missed, um, you know, school meetings. I would forget to pack one kid's lunch. You know, it it was like, I was a disaster. (laughs) One night I went to book club on the wrong night. Oh, yep. I went to my friend's house. I walked in, she gave me a glass of wine. We sat down, we were chatting for like 20 minutes. Finally, I'm like, where is everybody? And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, isn't it book club? And she's like, it's tomorrow. I'm like, oh, my God. I, like, something has to be done. Yeah. You know? I love that she just invited you in anyway, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she yeah, yeah come on in. The, hey, what's up? You want a glass of wine? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, um, I, you know, I needed help. And so mm-hmm. I went to Staples and I, I thought there has to be a planner that's just for moms. So I went to Staples and I looked at all the planners and there were planners for moms, but they had like bunnies on them and like, <laughs> you know, cartoon characters. And I was like, what? I would never, I, right. I would never, you know, like I love shoes and bags and accessories mm-hmm. and, you know. I, I mean, some people probably love bunnies and flowers and rainbows and all those things. And and there are also those of us who, yes, like I always had a Filofax when I was younger, you know, this mm-hmm. beautiful leather binder. Mm. Um, 
that's kind of what I was looking for, like something that I would be proud to take out of my bag. Yeah. And, um, well, they didn't have it at Staples. So, um, so I said, okay, I'm going to make it for myself. And I ran the idea by my then husband and I was always running ideas by him at that time. I'm, I'm like one of those people that's always got business ideas. And he, he was always like, that's very nice, honey. But this idea, he was like, actually, that's a really good idea. So he kind of gave me that little encouragement Mm -hmm. to, um, so I sat down at my dining room table and I made a prototype Mm -hmm. and, um, that was the beginning, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting to me that, you know, you were like a self-described hot mess mom. Cause that's a term now. Like people are like, Oh, I'm a hot mess mom. Or like, it's a hashtag hot mess yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting that, cause I imagine before hearing this, that you were always super organized. So it came out of like a natural skill for you, but you in essence sort of just solved your own problem. I did. You know, I'm a, I'm a very calm, serene person. I like Mm. feeling calm. I like an atmosphere of serenity. And Mm. being a mom of four young kids absolutely threw me off my game. Like, yeah. And I, I needed to find a way to, to get back to being me. And it was taking control of my schedule and kind of getting Mm. a handle on it. Yeah. Um, so it's not that I'm organized by nature, but I, I crave the feeling of calm and peace. Yeah. So in creating this planner, that helped you kind of get your schedule under control. But are there other ways that you learned to care for yourself and come back to that place of calm and ground? Yeah. It, well, you know, it's funny. I'm actually writing a book about it. Oh, cool. Right now, um, which I'll share with you when, when and if I ever finish. <laughs> yeah. Because it was a journey for me. Mm. And um, S Factor was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, dance, getting back to, I was always a dancer growing up. Oh. And going back to dance was um, a really critical part of taking care of myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, movement of all kinds, like running, I started running Mm -hmm. and not just for the fitness benefits, but because it was an hour alone. Yes. With music. Yes. Um, that was a big thing for me when I first started to learn to take care of myself again. Um, connecting with friends. I think one of the things that happened to me and that happens to a lot of moms is you think, if I do anything for myself, I'm a bad mom. Yes. If I go out too many nights a week or if I take time to make a phone call while the kids, you know, I can't put my kids in front of the TV. I can't, you know, I can't do the things I would need to do to take care of myself. Yeah. Um, so part of that for me was I stopped hanging out with my friends. Yeah. And I lost touch with women. Mm. And you and I both know how important it is to have a community. So important. So um, that was something that I did as I started to spend time with my friends again and say, it's okay if I get a babysitter. Yeah. Like I had to give myself permission for that. Yeah. Did you find that your friendship group 
were having children at the same time? Or was there a separation? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Because I think that for me, like I was one of the first people in my local friend group to have children. And then when they started having kids, I was already four or five years ahead of them. So there was still a distance in that. So did you have friends who were in the same or similar situation where you were? My, you know, my old friends from school had kids a little bit later than me, not Mm -hmm. much, but a little bit. Um, So I ended up making friends at preschool, Mm -hmm. basically, you know, kids are women whose kids were the same age as my kids Mm -hmm. and um, on the playground. Yeah. So I, I kind of built a new friend group. Mm. So I still have my college friends and Mm -hmm. I have my dance friends and, you know, Mm -hmm. I have a few different friend groups, but the, I did make a friend group from being a mom of kids the same age. Yeah. I think that's so helpful. It's critical. Yep. Cause you can all track, you know, what's happening and normalize all the in our heads, what feel like not normal things going on, but then you immediately talk to another mom and you're like, oh, you too. Okay. I'm not failing. It's so important. Yeah. Did you find that when you got together with the friends that you had, you know, from the preschool years, were you able to get out of the, like the kid talk, like, and start talking about things other than being a mom? It depended on, on, uh, the person, Mm. you know, there are just some friends in life that you'll never go beyond the superficial. And then there are other friends that you get together and you're immediately like, oh my God, I'm the worst mom ever. And I hate, I hate this and this and this, and (laughs) I, can we go out and just talk about boys, you know, Yeah. you know, but those people are few and far between. Mm-hmm. those people who you can really be real with. Right. At least true. for me, they have been. Yeah. No, I, I think that's pretty true. There's so much um, holding back with people and especially kind of what you said around when your mom, it's like we're expected to love every moment and talk about all the good stuff and not really mm, – dwell in the things that Mm. maybe drive us a little bit crazy or stress us out I think we there's so much pressure to be perfect and Mm. we we think that if we admit I mean I let my kid watch tv you know or whatever whatever it is Mm -hmm. so many moms whether they mean to or not it feels like they they're judging yeah You know, so we're afraid to show vulnerability because we're afraid of being judged. Oh, that's so true. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's it's hard to have the vulnerability to form deep friendships when you're a mom because you're inherently trying to project an image of perfection so that people won't think you're, you know, oh, those poor kids having her as a mom. Right, right, right. That's, I think that's something I really worry about sometimes is like, oh, are they going to think I'm some, you know, degenerate parent who's gallivanting around doing things that are unacceptable? Right. I think we all, we all worry about that. Mm-hmm. 
And I think sometimes it's something I talk about in my book. Mm. We put on a costume, the perfect mom costume. Oh, yeah. You know, and well, you and I both know that there's an environment where you can just take it off and be yourself. But you don't find that on the playground. Right. And it's such a hard thing. And I don't know if this is true, but it feels true in this moment is that moms are held to that standard much more rigorously, or we hold ourselves to that standard much more rigorously than sometimes co-parents or dads do. Do you think that's true or not? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, if the, if, if the kid is on the playground and isn't dressed warmly enough, no one ever says, what was that dad thinking? Mm. You know, (laughs) it's just an automatic, the mom is to blame for whatever is not working. Yeah. You know, why is that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be just the ongoing social programming around the importance of a mom. And I think moms are important. There's so much physical connection right from the start of, you know, conception and moving forward if we if we become moms that way. Um, it's like we're never allowed to separate. Right. I, um, I always found it interesting when my kids were in elementary school, when something happened in the classroom, the teacher would call me, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm psyched. I'm, I was the primary parent. I, but I always said to my then husband, why did they never call you? Like, why did, why is the mom the default parent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially nowadays when so many parents are doing it 50-50 or the co-parent is doing more, you know, mm-hmm. than the mom. Right. It's interesting. It is interesting. One of the things that, that popped into my brain was, you know, because you do have kids who have now, you know, grown to adulthood or near adulthood, you know, you kept saying like, it's okay if you just put them in front of the TV. These days, it's like the video games and the phones. Yeah. And there's so much stress, at least in our house. And I know for some of my other friends around not having them have too much screen time. And I'm curious about that now that you're beyond probably that that stressful place of like, should I or shouldn't I allow them? Mm-hmm. Does it matter? Do you think? No. <laughs> it's much ado about nothing. Yeah. Hmm. I mean... I, I could tell you stories, but I'll, I'll tell you one story. My son, Matthew, loved video games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a mom of four kids and close in age, four kids, I did rely on the video games and mm-hmm. the, t- you know, this was before iPads and phones. Right, right. Um, and he and Matthew got to be really, really good at them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Andrew was really good at them too, my oldest. And Andrew to this day uses video games as a stress reliever. Mm. Um, and Matthew is studying computer science and he's mm. interested in, in uh, video game development. Mm-hmm. So they like that was just an interest for them that yeah. they took and they still did other things. They still right. excelled in... Andrew was a theater major. Matthew was an athlete. You Mm -hmm. know, they still, they did great in school. Yeah. 
they both went to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they were fine. <laughs> right. It, all the worrying I did, it was for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And because you did worry about that. Yes. Yeah. I worried about it. I worried about it because I was like, I had four kids and I want to be the best mom I can be. And I'm relying on these methods. So like Jenna needs me, so I'll let Matt play video games or Mm. Jamie needs me, so I'll let them watch a movie. So it wasn't that I was a slacker mom. It was just that I was always taking care of somebody. Yes. And and I always felt guilty. Like mm. if I were a really good mom, I'd figure out a way to be one-on-one with each one of them all the time. <laughs> right. You know, because that's what we do to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which in saying, hearing you say it out loud, like does sound a little ludicrous. Like it's insane. How are we going to do that? But again, it's the perfection standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about, you know, that worry. What else did you worry about as your kids aged? That sort of has turned out to be, why was I worrying about that? Um, well, like we all worry about what they eat. Oh, yes. You know, oh, Matthew only wants to eat white foods. You know, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. They all like grew up and started trying things at their friends' houses. And, mm. and they're all, uh, you know, almost adults who are healthy height and weight. Yeah. So all that worrying was for nothing. Right. Um, I went away one weekend and uh, my then husband bought them cookie crisp cereal, (laughs) like easy cheese, which is cheese that's in a a canister. Oh, yes, yes. That you spray. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, you know, the kids, they're going to get sick and blah, blah, blah. They're fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. they survived. Right. <laughs> the kids are very resilient, I've mm-hmm. learned. What was it like the first time you were going through the college application and, you know, the moment that you knew that one of your babies was going to fly out of the nest? What was that like? Um. I would compare it to the moment I sent him to kindergarten, Oh, which I always cried on the first day of kindergarten, mm-hmm. all four times. I, w- I wasn't like a first day of school crier, only kindergarten. Huh. And college is the same way because mm-hmm. it's, it's a big, it's the next stage. Yeah. And it's, it was, um, bittersweet. Yeah beautiful it's beautiful Mm -hmm. that when you've when you realize you've raised your child and they are ready Mm. to go live somewhere else yeah without you cooking and cleaning and doing the laundry and taking care of them emotionally um and you don't want to let them go and yet the fact that they can go is a sign that you've done your job Mm. oh I love hearing that it's a great way to put it so it's it's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. And your youngest is 16. And so what is that, like a year and a half or two years before they'll go to off to college? He's a sophomore, so he's got about oh, okay. two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you think about that time coming? I do. Does it feel like it's going really fast? It's flying by. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I mean, it's such a cliche, but it's, it, it's such a brief moment in time. Mm. And every year goes by faster. Yes, I'm experiencing that. I'm finding that at the end of the day, when I put my son to bed, I get really, um, I mean, I'm just going to use the word sad or, or like nostalgic kind of sad, not because anything is happening per se, but just, I go like, Oh, Oh, there's going to be a time when he's like, doesn't care if I come in and rub his back. Um, and so I imagine that feeling like they're, they're just not going to be at home anymore is a lot to process. It is. I've, I've actually, I've talked to some older moms about it and, um, because I'm trying to prepare myself Mm -hmm, for, mm -hmm. for when Jamie leaves. Yeah. And I'm told that there, that after the sadness passes, there is a sense of freedom Mm. that's, um, you know, we too will go into a new phase of life. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe that's a positive spin. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to try to have projects lined up. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) I'll have things to do. (laughs) Yes. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. What is the hardest thing right now with kids between 16 and 23 for you as a mom? Um, I think the hardest thing is I miss them. Mm. I really miss them Mm -hmm. when they're at school. You know, I'm, I'm lucky that my kids knock on wood are pretty Mm -hmm. well adjusted and Mm -hmm. I haven't had serious issues. Um, so, so I'm not like worried about anything Mm. with them. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, it's, I just miss them. Yeah. I, I would love more time with them. And I, when I do have the time, I savor it. I really mm. just, you know, and it's funny because when they're little, when they're babies and when they're toddlers, you can almost like wish the days away because <laughs> the days are so long. Yeah, they feel that way sometimes. Yeah. And now it's completely flipped mm. where I just, any minute I can spend with them, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So savoring the time that you're spending with them, how would they describe you? Like, do you have a sense of how they see you? Because I think about that with my son sometimes. Like, I'm like, I wonder what he thinks of me. Like, what, like what, how does he see me? Do you have a sense of that with your kids? Yeah. We, um, well, it's, it's one of the beauties of having older kids mm. is you can really talk about and get a sense of... Um, and I think they know that I'm just desperately in love with them Aww. and would would lay my body across a train tracks for any one of them. Yeah. And they think I don't have a job, <laughs> which is really funny. And to me, that's a sign that I succeeded because when I built Mom Agenda, I wanted I purposefully built it so that I could be putting put being a mom first. Mm. and put work second. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I hired people to do stuff that I didn't want to do so that when my kids weren't at school, they were with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have help, but primarily I was, I was the primary caretaker. Yeah. Um, and it's to, to this day, it's a joke when I say I have some work to do. They're like, mom, you don't have a job. Oh, quiet. You know, Oh, that's it's so a, interesting. 
It's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny. I mean, because to me, looking from the outside, I'm like, oh, no, you're a very successful businesswoman, you know? And I, they're, they're intellectually aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that that's a really amazing sign that, that you really achieved what you wanted to achieve with that of putting momming first and then having your business be secondary. So you, you mentioned that one of the things you did was hire out certain tasks or jobs. Mm -hmm. Was there another way that you were able to achieve that? Cause I feel like that's like an invaluable lesson. Um, one big thing was, so, well, I brought in uh, during the second year of operations, I brought in a business partner mm. and she and I have kids the same age. Mm. Her name is Maureen and mm -hmm. she's amazing and way smarter than me. So that's number one, hire people who are smarter than you. Number two, <laughs> um, we made a conscious choice. We sat down at a conference table mm. and said, what do we want? Do we want to go big mm. or do we want to have this be a lifestyle business where we're working as much as we want to and we are momming as much as we want to. Mm. And we agreed. It, it wasn't even a conversation. Our kids come first. We both do this. And listen, if my priority was to make a ton of money, mm -hmm. I would have gone and gotten a job in corporate America and that would have been great too. Like all right. choices are valid. But oh, this yeah. was my choice, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to put um, momming first. So I kept the business small on purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was a big, a big decision that allowed me to, um, to live the life I wanted to live. Yeah. So I made, I mean, I make less money as a result, but that's mm -hmm. kind of okay with me. Yeah. That's a choice though. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do have to just praise, I mean, I because I, th I have spent some time on the website now of for Mom Agenda, and I love all of the products, but there's this one that I was like, oh, that's genius, which is the book, and I'm forgive me because I'm not going to call it the right thing, but the book of that I think that you put all the school grade pictures into. Yeah. because I, The school year's book. Oh my gosh, it's so brilliant because I l literally have folders of kids. I like, I'm going to get one because I have folder of my son's school pictures and I have genuinely had the thought over and over again, what do I do with these? Like I can't put every single picture up on the wall. <laughs> what do I do? So I think it's a brilliant idea. I have four of them obviously because uh -huh. I yeah. have four kids and I always say if there's a fire in my house, I'll get my kids out first and I'll get the school years out Aww. second. Yeah. They, those books are precious to me. Mm -hmm. Was it something that you were doing before you created the product for it? No, it, it wasn't. It mm. was something that um, a friend of mine came to me with, with something similar that was like a paper, a slim pamphlet. And she said, you should do this, but in the mom agenda way. And oh. Maureen and I looked at it and we were like, this is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and actually, we're redesigning it right mm. now. So um, don't buy it yet. Okay. And I will send you the new one oh, cool. when, it's, when it's available because it's going to be even better. Oh, cool. That's so yeah, great. Yeah, that is just other than the day planner, which I, mm -hmm. I'm still addicted to. Yes. That is yeah. my favorite product that we sell. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool one. I also love, I mean, cause there's a, I just want to say for people that there's a place on your website where you can say, you know, which planner is right for you. And I love the journal style because I love the way that it looks and the way that it feels. And I imagine like you, like pulling it out doesn't feel like here's mom with my little, you know, bunny journal. Um, (laughs) but I also love because I, I, it's just my personality is the paper one that hangs on the wall because it feels like I could just like write all over it and then rip it off and start again, which I love. That product has been one, like one of our top two or three bestsellers Mm -hmm. literally since the day we introduced it. It's like, we cannot keep them in, we can, we literally cannot print them fast enough for the demand. It's crazy. Um, and it's basically just the same as the day planner, but in a pad form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's very exactly. simple. It's like a very pretty spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do like spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also like to write. Like I like to post things up and have them in real time. I like to feel them, see them. So that's why I think yeah. that one resonates for me for sure. Um, were you work? No, you said you were a stay at home mom before you created Mom Agenda. But did you work before having kids? Yeah, it's it's actually an interesting story. I I worked in advertising when I was first oh. out of school, mm-hmm. so I was I really got a good training in marketing, mm, a good helpful. like base foundation in marketing, which is helpful for any career at all. Yes, and then um, unfortunately, my mother became very ill, mm. and she passed away. So I. I got married, I had Andrew, mm-hmm. and then she passed away mm. all within a year. Oh, wow. That's so a lot. It, was, it was this crazy time, but she had a marketing agency. So she was a mom entrepreneur too, back mm. in the days when that term didn't even exist. Right. She had a marketing agency. I was the oldest of the siblings and the only one really equipped to take over. Mm. So when Andrew was five weeks old, I took over this company. Wow. Right. You know, right after the funeral, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I, I, someone had to take over. So I did. Yeah. So I ran my mom's company, which was a decent size agency for two years when Mm -hmm. Andrew was a baby until I had Jenna and then we sold it and, um, I became a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. But what that did for me was it made me realize that running a company really isn't rocket science. It really, it just takes common sense. Mm. So when I decided to start Mom Agenda, I was kind of fearless, which is maybe naive, but I was like, yeah, running a company is is not, a, like I've done it, it's not that hard. You know, it's, it literally is common sense. Yeah. And sometimes women will come to me about with their business ideas. I'm like, of course you can do it. Mm. of course you can. If you can be a mom, you can have a company, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause there is a lot of, you know, coordinating and organizing and decision-making and holding space and yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you, you're doing it right now. Right. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it's fun. And I think it's good for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for us. Yeah. Well, because I imagine that, you know, 
come the moment when your youngest does leave the home, like you'll have something else that, that occupies your time. I mean, obviously you're going to find many other things to occupy your time, but there's like this other, cause I always say that, you know, this podcast is kind of like a baby. And it is, like, it is a baby. It's yeah. so new. And I sometimes can get frustrated about, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And then I have to remind myself, this is like an eight week old newborn. And so like, I'm still not sleeping through the night <laughs> with this podcast. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it is true. There's, there's so much rich skill that our motherhood prepares us for um, entrepreneurship. And you know, it's so funny because when, um, from the day that I first made that prototype of the mom agenda to the day I launched it at the National mm-hmm. Stationery Show, it was nine months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I've always said, this was my baby. It took me nine months to make it. Yeah. And then it was born to great fanfare. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of screaming and crying, but it, you know. Right. It really is a baby. Yeah. What have been the biggest hurdles for you as a business owner? I mean, certainly guilt. Mm. Um, because like as mom much as guilt? mom guilt, because mm-hmm. as much as I've tried to separate, you know, and do my work when the kids are at school and be a mom when the kids are at home, a lot of times I'd be at work and I'd be thinking about the kids. Or I'd be with the kids and I'd be thinking about work. Yes. And often feeling guilty about not being in the other place. Yeah. So that was a challenge for me. Yeah. What do you think about this idea or concept of, you know, finding work-life balance? (laughs) (laughs) I love that you just laugh. That's my favorite moment. <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, a, a woman didn't come up with that term. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like maybe that term was just a created to make us all crazy. Yes, like a, a standard that shall never be reached. Mm. I, you know, it bothers me. It, it really, it bothers me. I'll be mm. honest. I don't mm-hmm. like the term. No one ever asks a man about work-life balance. That's true. And I think when you're a mom of young kids, there is no balance. There's no balance. It's yeah. It's a standard that cannot be achieved. Yeah. I mean, it's so nice to hear that. I mean, it's still going to bother me. <laughs> I'm still going to be like, I got to get there. But it is nice to hear someone who's, you know, several years ahead of me just go, yeah, just forget about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think when your kids are little, you have to embrace the chaos. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're a working mom, it's, Mm -hmm. this is a chaotic, crazy, overwhelming time in your life. There's nothing you can do to change that. Like, Mm. if you choose to have kids, you are stepping into that pool. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. There is a funny thing that we really, I mean, not, not everybody, but Many people make the choice to become parents, to become a mom. And there's this joy about the choice, but also sometimes 
the opposite. Like there is sometimes the feeling of a little bit of burden. Was that true for you or is that just true of me? <laughs> I think I'm scared. I'm we scared all to have. have moments of ambivalence mm-hmm. in everything we do. Mm-hmm. And it's unrealistic to think that, you know, and when you have a baby, you, there's so much joy and happiness, but you're also losing something. You know, you're right. losing your freedom, you're losing your old self. So I think I attach that ambivalence to kind of grieving mm-hmm. the loss of the old you. Oh, mm-hmm. And that was, yeah. for me, I, I struggled with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, I don't know where I got these ideas um, maybe it's because I was raised like an Italian Catholic family, but I thought mm-hmm. when I had a baby, I was never going to be sexy again. Oh, you know, well, I, I actually think that that's very common. Yeah, I I feel like less so now. Maybe less so, but I see it. I I feel that in the mom community of my son's elementary school. Yeah, it's. I think it's. Well, for whatever reason, I, I thought a part of my life was over mm. and I did struggle with that. And it took me a long time to realize that that part wasn't over. And mm. it, it was just this crazy idea that had been put into my head by society mm-hmm. um, and all that ambivalence could have been avoided perhaps. But anyway, oh, yeah. Do you date now? I do. Yeah. What's that like as a mom? I'm so curious about that. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, it's fine. Um, I, I'm just a few months out of a long-term relationship. Mm. So, mm. you know, it's, it's always hard. Break, a breakup is always hard. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I actually just said to my son the other day, I'm glad he saw me go through that because it helps him realize Someday when his heart is broken, he Mm. will get through it and he'll be happier on the other side of it. You know, like he got to see me, which not every kid gets to see their parent go through. Right. You know, and it's a part of life for just about everyone is a heart-wrenching breakup. Anyway, Mm -hmm. dating, dating is, it's just like anything else in life. What you, what you think of it is what it's going to be. So there are some people who think dating sucks and it's horrible and, and it is. <laughs> right. Um, I happen to think it's fun mm-hmm. and it's, you know, I meet new people. I, you know, I, I get to, I get to find new friends and, you know, mm, yeah. Uh, exchange ideas with people I never mm. would have met. Um, mm-hmm. So it's almost it's, like it's world expanding. It it is an expanding experience. Yeah. Um and it also I don't know, I've learned a lot from every one of my breakups. Mhm. From my divorce and I've had a couple of long-term relationships and I think I know more about myself now than mm. I ever had have ever in my life and um I feel like an an incredible sense of like fulfillment. Like I get myself, I, and I'm grateful. Mm. I'm grateful for all the experiences because 
I know who I am now in a way I yeah. didn't before my divorce. Mm, yeah. You mentioned when describing your family, like you include your ex-husband and his partner and their, or her, her children, mm-hmm. and then called yourself a blended family. Was that an easy transition? Like, how did you work that out to come to what I am perceiving to be a, a space of workability? Yeah, it was a conscious choice by mm-hmm. Larry and I. Um, mm-hmm. We did. It, it wasn't an acrimonious divorce at all. It was. Mm-hmm. It was very amicable, and we said, "Okay, we're still going to be a family. Mm. We're just going to be a family that lives in two different houses." Yeah, and all our choices have sprung from that decision. Mm. So, um, for example, when when we were married, um, Larry works in the city and it's a pretty long commute and he wasn't often mm. home for dinner, but we always had dinner on Sundays as a family. Oh yeah. And to this day, we all have dinner on Sundays as a oh, family. Wow. So when I've been dating someone, he'll come along, you know, when, when Tara entered the picture, she started coming, she started bringing her daughters mm-hmm. like it's, and it's just a big kind of blend. Yeah. I think pe- that's so beautiful. And so uniquely modern, like it feels so good. Like it feels like evolution. To me, to me, you know, to, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And to me, it feels like what, how divorce should be, but it's not, it takes two. That's the problem. 100%. I think a lot of, yes, I think a lot of people would like this, but their partner won't communicate. Both right. people need to be on board for this kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And if you're not both on board, it's not going to work. Right. Right. So I was very lucky that I had a mm-hmm. partner who we both were like, yes, this this is going to work for us. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, he found a partner in Tara who also is on the same page. And it's it informs my dating choices. You know, I like to talk about it up front. This is mm-hmm. the thing I do. We go on vacation together. We were just in Anguilla for a week. Oh. Like, if you're not down for this situation, mm-hmm. we're not right for each other. Right. Have you had anybody be taken aback by that or sort of Absolutely. Not? Yeah. I mm. had a guy say to me, oh, you're going to have a really hard time finding someone with that going on. I'm like, no, I'm not. But thank you, you for offering your opinion. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your opinion. No, I'm going to find it. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I love that confidence. Yeah. Skipping back just a little bit, just talking about your mom and the loss of your mom so soon after your son's birth. I imagine that's a sensitive subject, but I'm curious about that. I have some friends who lost their mom either before they become mothers themselves or soon after like you. Is that as hard as I imagine it to be? Yes. Yeah. It was awful. Mm. It was awful. It was a very, very difficult time in my life. And my mother and I were best friends. Uh, Uh, We were only 20 years apart, so pretty close in age. And she was my person. I Mm. my dad wasn't really a big part of my life. They split up Mm -hmm. when I was young and um, Mm -hmm. 
she was, you know, anyway, it was, it was very hard. Yeah. And then becoming a mom, oh my gosh, there are all these feelings and your life changes so much. And there were so many times in Andrew's first few years, I just wanted to call my mom. Yeah. I had two miscarriages after the first, I had two miscarriages after Andrew was born, but before Mm. Jenna was born. Okay. And after the first miscarriage, I woke up from the anesthesia and I looked at Larry and I said, I miss my mom so much. Mm. You know, like that's a moment when you need, you just need your mom. Yeah, it's so true. Mm. So yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. Have you maintained some kind of connection with her, like in the spiritual sense? Um, I... I have tried. Mm-hmm. That's I would say that's been a challenge for me, but I yeah. I stay connected with her by staying connected with the family. So her mm. sister has oh, become yeah. like a surrogate mom to me. Mm-hmm. My cousins, um, who she was all close with, um, and I have a brother and sister mm. who I'm close with. So that's been my way of staying connected, and we try to talk about her a lot. You know, that's good. Keep her alive in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant by that. Yeah, like how do you find a way to be with her even though she's not present? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's personal and sensitive. Um, what do you love the most about being a mom? Oh my gosh, I love the deep connections I have with my children. I love the the really good juicy relationships I have you know we talk about everything and mm. we we connect on so many levels um and I just enjoy them so I would say it's it's really those those connections that I think yeah. uh, that's what we're here for mm. you know is love not necessarily with our children, but with other humans. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for fostering that deep connection with your children? Yes. Tell me. Yes, I do. My, my most important tip, other than, you know, being loving and present and the obvious things, is to let them be who they are. I, I do see moms trying to mold their children, trying to make them into, and dads as well, yeah. you know, trying mm-hmm. to turn their child into what they want their child to be. Mm. It doesn't work. <laughs> and they love you so much if you love them for exactly who they are. And just accept them, approve of them, as long as they're not, you know, being a brat, you know. Right. But that's just like stay out of the way. Don't don't try mm. to push them into something that they're not. I think yeah. that's why I'm so close with my kids because I've always accepted them for who they are. Mm. And they're like very that. different. They're I mean, four kids could not be more different. Yeah. Um you know, my, my 
I don't know if you know this, my oldest son is gay. And oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, and I, I probably knew he was gay when he was three or four years old. And mm-hmm. I never tried to like, I never wanted him to be anything other than what he was. And when yeah. he finally did come out to me, I said, honey, you're perfect. You're perfect. Because mm-hmm. you're you, you're Andrew, you're perfect. Yeah. How you old know? was he when he had that courage? He was 15, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's actually, I don't know enough, but it feels like pretty young to really own that part of himself. It was. It was really yeah. young. It, it was incredibly courageous. Yeah. Um, he He's a kid with a remarkable level of self-awareness and mm. self-reflection. Um, I mean, comparable to a lot of the people we know who really, it's like he's done deep work on himself, but he hasn't. Wow. Um, Just came out that way. He, he was born that like an old soul, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So um, he, he was incredibly courageous and uh, I'm very proud of him. That's beautiful. But I also think he knew that his dad and I accepted, were going to accept him no matter, he could have told us just about anything and we would have accepted him. Right. You know, how do you know you're accepting them exactly as they are? Because I can imagine that in my head, I think, well, yeah, I mean, I absolutely do accept my son no matter who he is. But I do worry because I actually hold that same like I want him to know that whatever I will always love him, I will always support him. And so I get into this little space of like, well, am I doing it right? Am Am I really doing that? Or am I trying to shape him in some way? Did you have a sense of that? I am also, I'm slightly an anxious person, so I just own that right out. <laughs> yeah, no, I am too. And we can overthink sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like one example would be when your child is old enough to start doing certain activities, mm-hmm. you know, like not pushing them into something that ha- holds no interest for them. Yeah. You know, like... I think there's this prevailing wisdom that sports are good for kids. Well, oh, yeah, uh-huh. sports are great for kids, but not every kid. Yes, you know? I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my community in particular, there's this, well, if you're not on sports team, you're, what good are you? You know, what value do you mm-hmm. have? You know, mm-hmm. so it was very important with Andrew to be kind of like, yeah, try out for the play. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know, yeah. like, and if you don't get a part, you, you can work backstage, like mm. kind of like, what are you interested in rather than yeah. what is the townsfolk opinion <laughs> of what you should do? You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. My son showed an interest and actually I think genuinely has a natural music ability in him. Like he has incredible sense of rhythm mm. So I got him into some guitar lessons for several months and he wanted to do it. I wasn't like, you must do this. Um, And we went and I just started to watch the interest in it fade. And I pushed it for a little while because I thought, well, okay, he's almost eight. Like maybe he'll just need a little nudge. And then finally I had to go, you know what? Like it's, it's not the right time or it's not his thing. And he can have an ability and a natural ability, but that doesn't mean I have to push him to do it. And maybe it comes out in another way. Right. 
right um down the road and mm-hmm. you there are other ways for him to nurture the interest but yeah That's when they lose point interest, too. let them the other thing is like with grades i see a lot of parents pushing you know you got to get good you got to get straight a's you got you, oh, mm-hmm. you got to go to the best college you got to do this you and i don't think any of that really matters i think mm-hmm. it matters like with college it, the fit matters more than the the name of the school i actually agree with that mhm and um one of my kids matthew was so hard on himself with grades and i was like listen i love you i know you're trying your best if you bring home b's i'm going to love you just as much mm. you know that's it, it's going to be okay as long as you're yeah. doing your best Doesn't so that matter. was like a direct conversation absolutely with him yeah Actually, they tease me about it because I was like, why don't you try shooting for a B instead of an A plus? You know, because he was like hard on himself if he didn't get 100. So now yeah. to this day, the, they take that statement as a symptom of my low standards. They're like, oh, yeah, shoot for the B, you know. Right. I'm like, I right. just mean, don't be hard on yourself, you know. And right. Don't, you know, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you could say one thing to a mom who is currently in overwhelm at any stage of their child's development, what would you say to her? I would say, take a minute every day and say to yourself, what do I need right now? I would say you matter. Mm. Your happiness matters. Your needs matter. Your voice matters. Mm. you matter just as much as your kid. Yeah. So I would say just take a minute. We spend all day thinking, what does my kid need? What do, what do I need to do for him or her? Why not take a minute and say, what do I need right now? Like you're allowed. Give yourself permission to do that. Yeah. Very wise and important and hard for some, but I will echo that because it's very important. It is so hard. I know, but I think I think your your happiness as a mom is a gift that you give your children. I agree. And um, my kids talk about that. They the difference in me versus when they were little. I am a much happier person now because I know how to take care of myself. And yeah. I didn't when they were little. Mm-hmm. And as a result of me being happier, they are happier. Yeah. They're more secure. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's something we can't see. So I think you saying that is incredibly helpful. Yeah. It's, I, I think nothing is more important. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I could just talk to you forever. I know. I really I appreciate too. you taking the time and sharing all pleasure. the wisdom and the products you've created and just the perspective that you carry being further along the motherhood path, at least that I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) We all need to hear that sometimes. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to being mom. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nina. For more information about this episode, go to beingmompodcast.com to find a photo of Nina and the link to the Mom Agenda website where you can find all the awesome products we talked about. 
If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Have a wonderful week. Until next time. Bye. Bye.